everyone. Welcome to the Make Better Photos and Videos podcast. This is episode number 126, and I'm Ross. And I'm Gordon. Hi, Gordon. Good to see you. Glad to be here. Awesome for both of us. So, folks, we're going to talk today uh, about a process that Gordon's been working on uh, sort of as an evolutionary project for some time, and it's about doing a day trip, specifically a photographic day trip, as opposed to, I don't know, some other kind of day trip. So, Gordon, when you think about a day trip, um, I guess the first kind of question you ask is, what kind of day trip are we talking about here? So what kind of uh, initial guidance would you offer to people? Well, uh, my practice up till now has been, hmm, let's go drive around and see if we can find something to photograph somewhere along the line. And sometimes this presents wonderful opportunities. You find uh, little gems and sometimes not. So if you... Working with uh, working with one of the people from the camera club, um, I'd say we'd go somewhere, or he'd say we want to go somewhere and shoot meteors, or, and then he would come out and say, "Well, we can't go here because there's no shoulder on the road, and there's nobody to park the car, and the traffic's really heavy." And I said, "This guy's put more work into this than I would have ever done," which then leads to the other kind of road trip where you are going somewhere um, with the specific intent of making photographs. Okay, that, that, that seems fair. And I, I guess then your outcome or desired outcome is more intentional and perhaps more planful. Is that fair? It's very planful. Okay. Um, now, when you talk about a, a day trip, specifically a photographic day trip, you're really talking about something that literally is accomplished within the context of a single day rather than a multi-day trip or a vacation, you know, photographic odyssey or something like that. Is that correct? The, that's correct. But the multi-day trip is merely an extension of the single-day trip. Okay, so this process is consistent. It would work in both situations, and you'd have to be more diligent in the latter than the former. That seems more than fair. So in the context of that photographic day trip, uh, where do you suggest people start? Well, that's the million-dollar question. <clears throat> I don't have a million dollars. Well, let's wrap this up then. <laughs> okay, thanks for coming, guys. Hope you have a great um, week. Most of us don't really have <clears throat> much of an idea of what we go, want to go and shoot. So, frequently our input comes from either a prior experience of our own or somebody has mentioned well, why don't you go there or why don't we go somewhere and photograph XYZ? Um, so that's, that's a reasonably good place to start. 
So you're picking a spot or a place to go? Picking a spot or a place to go. Okay. Of course, the other side of that is, well, what do you want to shoot? And you pick, well, I wonder what it's like to shoot waterfalls or star trails or, I don't know, aircraft flying at night or, I don't know, just about anything you want. Fall colors, small town, um, harvest time, you whatever tweaks your fancy. Okay. But then the work starts. So once you've made sort of that targeted intent decision how do you figure out where to go um i mean besides the people who are always happy to tell us where to go well yes and generally not photographically no i hate them that um a good place to start is the internet we in this day and age and recognizing that there's a whole population of people that don't recognize there is a day and age before this day and age. Um, but the internet, uh, and Google in particular, as far as I'm concerned, you enter a couple of keywords <coughs> and information will start pouring in. Uh, so that gives you an idea of where you should start looking. Okay, so that seems like a reasonable place to start. But search engines are often described as sort of the Library of Congress with all the papers strewn on the floor. How do you, what do you, tools do you use to refine that once you've got that general idea? Right. <clears throat> so let's, let's uh, Take an example. You've decided that you want to shoot waterfalls and you've searched for waterfalls near me. And um, yes, Google gives you the Library of Congress of names of waterfalls. And so then you start localizing them geographically. Find out how, where they're going to be, how many in one location, how long is it going to take to get there. And you go to the extension of Google's, which is... Um, Google Maps, and you start looking. And if you're not sure, then at that point, uh, you start looking at social media. Okay. Are are some sources better than others? I don't know if they're better, but I know they're more prevalent. Okay. Um, My understanding is that Facebook will give you other people's opinions about whatever it is you're asking them. Um, They may not be accurate opinions. They may not be relevant opinions, but you will get an opinion. (coughs) Such as Uh, the nature of an opinion, right? Such as the nature of an opinion. Or, uh, and this I found just recently when I was researching this, Instagram, which uh, you and I have not had any time for up till this point, mm-hmm. uh, apparently is a treasure trove of images taken by other people that allows you to pinpoint what you think you might want to shoot. Okay, so that's interesting. I think 
in years past, we would have used tools like 500px as a right. as a kind of source for this sort of thing right. before it got so sold I, out. I've heard. I've never used it, and uh, I'd used it myself and found it. It was interesting because it gave you perspective on what might be available and what other photographers were seeing. Okay. But since it's been sold, I don't think folks are using it the same way as they used to. Um, and I confess, I'm one of those folks who's never participated in Instagram. So you're saying that that actually is a pretty good source to look to. Again, arriving late to this tea party, but I'm being told it's a good source. And as an example, again, uh, you know that the camera club has uh, organized a trip uh, out in the Gulf area for tomorrow. Yep. And I said, okay, it's to an auto record. So I typed in auto records and apparently a hashtag is a relevant character to throw in front of everything. And we got all kinds of images cropping up that said, okay, um, shoot this, shoot this, shoot this, shoot this. And uh, so I, I think, yes, yes okay, it cool. is relevant. So not only can it give you an idea of where to go, but maybe provide some inspiration as to what to, what to look for. Right. Okay. The, the, other, the other thing that I uh, overlooked just now is uh, the, the various government publications uh, we have amp, uh, pamphlets, we have tourist maps, uh, CAA produces a guidebook. And the guidebooks are particularly good because there's pretty much no town in Ontario that they don't have. And okay. they will tell you, well, you know, it's a little town and, you know, there's a good bakery over there and the museum closes at 3, three o'clock in the afternoon. So this gives you relevant information to base the rest of your trip on. Okay, so you're using these tools to provide you context for other opportunities or what's around the thing that you've decided to go photograph. Yeah, so if before you've decided where to go and photograph, if you just wanted to look out there, there's a chance you might find something uh, to point you in the right direction. Okay, and for our American cousins, the AAA, AAA. will do the same sort of thing. Sure. Okay, cool. So, you've got an idea of what you're going to shoot. You've got an idea of where you're going to go. What are the other steps that you would do in preparation for the trip? Um, well, there's the obvious ones. There's the geography. Um, getting your directions. Uh, when it's going to be open, when it's going to be available, uh, what you will need to get in, uh, do they charge a fee? Um, and equally important, what will they allow you to do? Okay. There are, uh, there are places that say, oh, yes, it's a lovely place. Come on in, but don't bring your camera. Which photographically is... Yes. Pretty well, much a waste that's of time. a problem. But if you don't know that ahead of time... You can drive for several hours. Yes. So, so that's the geographic uh, aspect of it. Um, 
you may want to do your own research to find out uh, what what is available and what you think you're going to shoot out there and um, you want to try and try and decide for yourself what will be required to do the shoot that you want to do and for instance i may tell you your parking lot is here mm-hmm. but you got a 3 km hike to get to what you want what you want right. to photograph and if at this point you've decided to put everything you own into a backpack never seen that happen no never happens and i've never seen anybody actually make it to the waterfall at that distance either no fair enough so it ha- it helps to know uh what what's there and what you're going to shoot okay uh, so you're also going to as part of this planning process you're using the information that you've gathered as part of your research that may also communicate to you or allow you to make decisions about what equipment you're going to take or not take or not take yes and you've had these other images as potentially reference points and they may also coach you in terms of what you're likely to take right so in the example of the auto records you might say oh okay well there's going to be some metal so uh, there might be reflectance, so I'll yes. make sure I'm taking a polarizing filter. Absolutely. Or there might be some interesting decay, so I'm going to take a macro lens because yes. I choose that. Or I might be finding something that's old and kind of interesting but may not be well lit, so maybe I'll throw a flash in the bag. Correct. So these are the kinds of things that your your research is going to help you plan for. Yes. But it may also say, yeah, I'm in an auto records. I'm not taking a 500 millimeter lens. Correct. Because maybe I don't need that. Maybe you do. But that's a personal choice and will help you to pack accordingly, know how far you're going to have to cart stuff. Is it stuff that, you know, you're going to have to carry in the backpack? Does a shoulder bag work? And I would presume it also tell you a little bit about the stuff you're going to need yourself. You know, do you need waterproof boots are you walking in mud is it all uphill both ways yep it's always uphill both ways you know it works out that way for me um are there other things that you're going to look at in terms of being planful in terms of time of day location of light sources and that sort of thing yes and the information from this can come from two very diverse sources. Uh, the first is actually the tourist maps that put it that regional municipalities, small towns, um, governments put out. Um, as navigational aids, they are completely useless. Okay. But they do put the things that you may want to photograph in big letters and they highlight them and they paint them in pretty colors so that you can see them. And around that they will say other things like go across the river and stand here. Okay. 
there'll be a there'll be a viewpoint there'll be an overlook uh they will indicate all right uh, this thing is set out on a river okay the river is running north south uh well i guess the sun's going to come become an east west i may want to be in this particular position to get the sun behind this right right so very basic things things that we tend to fluff off may actually contain <coughs> significant information for what you want to do so this sounds akin to you know i i think back in time we used to go to these places to photograph and at the time kodak used to do stand basically stand here at this time and you're going to get a great picture right type of thing so it's it's sort of in that context but without the mass massive lineup of tourists that are all taking the same shot from the same place well, at the that, same time. that that is the downside because if you've read it chances are good somebody else has read it but you may want to get there before the rest of the people do right or you may decide to stay after the rest of the people have left for their afternoon nap or evening supper or bottle of wine or whatever right so you if you know this is going to happen then plan for it the yeah, I, the I, other source uh, if i should go ahead with it yeah, please. is uh, so that w- that was the low tech solution the high tech solution is a pro- is a program that's available that most of heard the name of but very few have learned to use and that is as you know the photopills app uh, on the uh, well, you get it on a mobile device so you can get it on your com- computer mm-hmm. desktop version uh which if you're anything techy or you're really thinking of a significant shot uh you know there's a big rock formation here i think i want to get see if i can get the sun coming up just behind there how do i do that where do i go what time do i have to be there and it's it's something that you've introduced to the club uh, on more than one occasion mm-hmm. but uh, I and a, a, fr- a friend from the camera club who uh, is my cohort in crime out here um, have started using it more frequently. And uh, the other night we went out and he had done all the, all the legwork and he was convinced that at a certain point in time we were going to get the moon coming up over Newmarket and if he timed it right it was going to come up behind the there's a water tower behind one of the large grocery stores okay and that's where he wanted the moon to be but he could plan it down to pretty much the minute that we had to be there to get the shot mhm now many will not do that no that, but that's a but personal choice it is something that is available yeah uh, i'm a i'm a big fan of photo pills um in my experience uh it can help you be in the right place at the right time to get the shot that you are mentally composed in your mind um 
and also avoid those times of day when, you know, it may not be optimal. Right. Um, you know, personal example, um, out in Yosemite, uh, anybody who goes to Yosemite makes a photograph at Half Dome. And the yes. buses show up every 15 minutes and unload 100 new people to go stand in the one place to make the photograph <laughs> of Half Dome. Right. Uh, but what that doesn't give you is it doesn't tell you where in the sky the sun is going to be or the moon is going to be on that particular day, uh, which may or may not impact what you want to get. Now, PhotoPills isn't a weather app, so you've got to do That's something right. else in that yes. regard. Obviously, you know, well, yes, the sun would be here or the moon would be here on this day, except for 30,000 feet of cloud cover. Yep. So it does some things wonderfully well. Other things... Per- not at all. Not at all. I mean, it's not designed to do that. And while I, I absolutely respect that it's... Uh, some people find it difficult to hear, and I think that has learned, I think that has more to do with the number of services it provides may be uh, overwhelming to some folks. Oh, absolutely. And um, we, we sat and we listened to some of the the videos and we made notes and... And most of the time we were kidding ourselves laughing because uh, Raphael, the gentleman who presents these, is absolutely brilliant, but they haven't built a wall high enough for him to not get on the ceiling yet. (laughs) (laughs) I know Raphael. And he's he's a delight. We had to watch it five or six times just so that we could hear him go out to lunch again. Yeah, he's He's, he's uh, brilliant. he's, He's a brilliant guy. And no one can say he lacks enthusiasm. Oh, no. No, no. Um, and I, I guess the, the other thing, once you've done all this to whatever extent you wish to take it, uh, you may just want to know that, yes, the sun is going to come uh, at about, you know, uh, 9 o'clock at night. The moon is just going to be coming over the horizon, and that's pretty much as far as you want to go. But it, that is a useful piece of information to have. But at some point, you're going to have to put boots on the ground to see what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. And um, again, my research into this showed Google Maps. We all all know Google Maps. Type in in an address and it will tell you to where you want to go. But if you take the next step from there, you can actually walk the streets of wherever you it is you want to go mm-hmm. and identify, is this going to be an interesting street? Although, you know, do, is it have a whole bunch of old buildings lining the stores, antique or quaint? Um, today we were looking and we... We look for a waterfall in Bracebridge, and heaven forbid, there it is. And we actually walked the streets, and we found a place on top of the bridge mm-hmm. that gave us a clear view of the, the waterfall. I, I would never have thought of doing that. Right. So Google Google Map by by itself, even if you don't use a lot of the other stuff, you can do pretty much everything that you want to do uh, from there. 
they've certainly invested an enormous amount in sending folks out with cameras to do these walk-arounds. And apparently they've got unlimited storage because they've got a ton of information. And they update it regularly. Yeah. When you when you think about what what they have accomplished with that maps, it's flabbergasting. It really it really really is, you know. And I, I know that uh, you know there are folks who don't care for the Google and they like other mapping tools. And hey, fair enough. But I don't think there's anything out there that has the level of depth and history that we're going to find in Google Maps. You know, you talk about what does the street in the town look like. Um, An image that's three years old is often completely useless, Mm -hmm. particularly in the face of, you know, what's happened with COVID. Right. What used to be quaint storefronts may be empty windows with... Empty windows with brown paper. With brown paper and, you know, signs, please rent me. Yep. And that may not be what you're looking for. Whereas Google seems to send through their people on a much more consistent basis. Mm-hmm. And in places where you'd think, well, why would anybody go here? And they've been there twice. <laughs> you know, uh, they do a stellar job in this. And it's a great resource, uh, not just for photography, but just for planning your travel any, at any yes. time. Yeah. But as a photographer, you know, I mean, they've even got seasonal history and they've got their augmented reality uh, capability, just like PhotoPills has augmented reality. Yes. You know, so you can overlay what what will be in the sky at a particular period of time. Yes. Um, those tools, they've really got to make it a lot easier for you when you're planning your trips. It can also take up an awful lot of time. Well, there's that. There is that, but, um, but yes, at least you're going in and you have an idea of what you want to do, and you've got it all planned out. And more to, more to the point, you you can maximize your yield. Right. And if you've got it mapped out, um, you could say, okay, I have to be here at such and such a time to photograph this. But when I'm done with that, you know, look over here. We've got this, and we've got this, and uh, this other little storefront out here, and there's this bridge, and you can... Get yourself five or six good location shots in right. the amount of time it would have taken you to do one. You're not running around like wasps on meth. That's, that's right. Yeah, you're not driving halfway across town and saying, oh, I remember that one. Right. I got to go back. Okay, back and forth, back. back and forth. You're driving every which way. Right. So how do you, when you think about that, like, okay, we're going to get in the car, we're going to drive three hours for the the thing, whatever the thing is. How do you plan the other shots that you might choose to try to make while you're out there? Uh, like we used to, like for example, when I was an apprentice and we were working, we would have, a, a, we, we used to call it a shoot sheet. Uh, and I know, I, I know if you're a musician, you know, you're going to play a gig. You have a set list. Right. So kind of people know where we're going. Right. What leads to what. Do you do the same and sort of thing for your I, day trip? I absolutely do the same thing. Maybe you could tell us more about that. Uh, sure. 
Uh, and this too is uh, something I uh, started working on when I realized I wasn't remembering as well as I thought I was remembering and I'd go and miss all kinds of things. So I started making up a short sheet. Okay. Say that three times. And uh, I started uh, uh, just uh, you, as an example again. I, when I was researching these auto records, I found something about um, fine art and auto records. And as I went through it, I started looking at these images and I said, okay, uh, we have here the emblems of the, of the cars. And uh, look at this, we've got the emblem against a pretty dramatic sky. And this car is piled on top of these others and the sun is behind it. Uh, the clouds are really fantastic. So I now started categorizing these images. And so you photograph the car emblems, you want to photograph... Uh, the detail of the interior, maybe. You want to focus on car make or model. Right. Um, uh, if, you can, if you can find out what there is about that car that made it so special to some people, uh, it had X number of cc's of horse uh, engine with uh, this kind of horse bar, you might want to tell the story of that car by focusing on those particular aspects. So it becomes much less random in terms of image gathering. You, you're following a plan. Yes. Okay. So just to briefly, I said key points of significance, uh, the engine, the grills, the tail fence, uh, hood ornaments, uh, look at the wheels, the interior. Uh, when photographing these things, we want to try and make up a story. What's what's happened to this car? The amount of degeneration that has occurred. Um, rust is affecting some places more artistically than others, perhaps. Um, and then there's the whole environmental aspect, where... I, I know for a fact that where we're going tomorrow has, uh, they have trees growing out of the middle of the engine bay. Um, grass all over, vines coming out of the windows. And all of that can be tied together to put together a fairly comprehensive uh, approach. But Having a short sheet removes the hassle of thinking of all of that. You can look at one vehicle and you can just look down at your sheet and say, oh, yeah, okay, we won't do first point, second point, third point, but certainly fourth, fifth, and sixth point look re relevant out here. And you can focus your attention on what needs to be. That makes sense. Um that would be definitely, I think, you know, you know, working with photographers for many years, you see the stress when you get out in the field. What am I missing? What did I miss? What did I, what did I forget to shoot? Whereas if you've got that, at least your shot sheet, you're going to hit those key marks anyway because it's, 
the reminders in front of you mm-hmm. as opposed to the, uh-oh, what do I do now? Right. And I've seen that stress really derail people because they get caught up in it and then it throws their whole day off. So I see your, your recommendation for creating the shot sheet being actually more relaxing, although there's work up front, that on the day you are less likely to miss a shot and less likely to be distracted from what you're seeing. Yes, uh, I think the the work that goes into doing it uh, seems like a lot initially. But if you're thinking in categories as you're looking through these images and saying, oh, wait a minute, and uh, in your mind pigeonholing uh, images that you see, doing it is not that difficult. I mean, you don't have to go to all the details, but you need a broad category. Right. And... You're doing it sitting at the table comfortably. You've got a cup of coffee in front of you. Music's playing in the background. You're not stressed out about it. And when you get around to doing it, life is good. So you've really, by taking the time, if I hear you right, by taking the time to be planful, you're going to get more out of your shoot you're going to possibly, you know, feel more relaxed while doing it. Sounds to me like you're going to have more fun. Yep. Because you're not freaking out about what you might miss. Right. And also, I guess that shot sheet is also going to help you go back to, you know, your initial plan for what you're going to take with you. Yes. Because you're only likely to carry the things that you're going to need to accommodate your shot. Your shot sheet, you know, yes. you, 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 that may allow for other things, but again, it may also prevent you from humping around a bunch of weight, you know, and coming home after several hours going, well, I'm sure glad I carried this, this, and that because I sure never even took them out of the freaking bag. Right. That makes a lot of sense. And I think if you, if you look at it critically, um, you, you can find if you, if you analyze what you've got, you could say, well, I don't need this lens. I, this, this lens A does this and this and this and this, and I'm sure I can make it work for that and that and that. And uh, so the lens that you were going to carry to cover those other eventualities, you don't need anymore. No. I, I think it, there's an opportunity here to eliminate a lot of the well, what if? You know, what if aliens land a kilometer yeah, away and yeah. I don't have my five? You work on the what ifs, you go nuts. Yeah, you will, and your back's going to break. Yes, because you're going to be carrying more stuff, and you're going to be miserable. Okay, uh, some of the things will happen anyway. <laughs> yes. Well, well, you'll be miserable because you think, you know, like, oh man, if I weren't carrying all this stuff, uh, I could get up that hill or you know i don't want to put the bag down because it's going to get wet yeah and uh well i'm just not willing to do that i think i'll go back to the cart and salt <laughs> i've seen all these things right right so this being planful this planning ahead thinking about what you're going to take with you having your shot list 
you know, I can see someone saying, but, but what if I see something that I don't have the right kit for? Okay. Shoot it with what you got. Shoot what you got, you know. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, Doug and I went out this morning, and we were just going to take a drive through Holland Marsh. Uh, for those not familiar with the new market area, it's a flat, it's not really a marsh anymore, but it's a very fertile crop-growing area. And uh, last time I drove past it, I saw all these leading lines, and I said, well, time for us to go past there now, and it's harvest season. So we're going basically looking for landscape type stuff or farmyard working type stuff. And Doug says, what's that lump on the tree there? And I say, oh, that looks like a red-tailed hawk. And then I saw the white head. And I just screamed at Doug. I said, that's the eagle. Now, Newmarket, for those who don't know, is not really known for its eagles. We have one or two around, but I've never seen one up there. And here we are. Uh, well, there's this eagle sitting across the canal at the top of a tree, and I have a essentially a 70 to 200 uh, full-frame equivalent lengths. I don't, didn't bring the others. I said, okay. It's cropping time. Yeah. Or as the Photoshop World T-shirt says, crop it like it's hot, because that's what's going to happen. Right. So, right. yes, you may you may miss shots. You may not have, may not be ideal, but life is not ideal. So. Yeah. And the quality that you're going to get out of today's digital cameras allows for a huge amount yes. of cropping. You know, unless you're, you know, you're pixel peeping at a micro level. The images are going to be stunningly good. You may not need to carry everything with you. I mean, I've got a 20 megapixel camera, but that's more than enough. Uh, Or certainly on my LCD screen, uh, when I uh, zoomed it in as far as I could go to see what I got, I'm looking at the eagle's eyes and I'm saying, okay, I'll settle for this. This looks pretty darn good. Right. Right. And you were able to get out and... Do what you wanted to do without needing a Sherpa to carry all your kit. Very good. Are there any other tools that you think people might benefit from? Are there things that you just always throw in the vehicle with you, regardless of whether you think you're going to need it or not? Well, this is a basic resuscitative equipment. Coffee, tea, water, food. Um, sunscreen. Yeah. You you work according to the environment. Do you see what's? Uh, but it's more than just camera gear. It's more than just camera gear. You're you're going to be outside. You're going to be well, likely you're going to be outside depending on what your shoot is. But uh, if you think you're going to be exposed to something, you should be prepared to deal with it. Right. Whatever that may be. But you also talk about. You know, taking as part of your day trip plan, you're talking about making sure that you've got food and, and liquid so you don't get dehydrated. Yes. So, you know, your blood sugar doesn't fall through the floor. Yep. Uh, you know, and also the right clothing. You know, we talked earlier, 
am I going to need mudder boots? Because where I'm going is going to be muddy. Yep. So the planning process that you've talked about going through is more than just, and I'm not minimizing the importance of your shot list and your gear list, but it, it's looking at it holistically in terms of all the things that seem reasonable that you're going to need. So, for example, we both know people who say, well, I don't want to carry the tripod with me. Okay, don't. But maybe you throw it in the car just in case. Right. So you're n- maybe you're not humping it into the field, although you and I probably would. But there are folks who get, you know, no, oh, damn. I want to do this close-up work, and the only way I'm going to make this happen is if I've got some form of stability. Mm-hmm. And so you might choose your tripod or your platypod or whatever. That ancillary kit that may not be directly driving a particular shot, but that you don't necessarily have to carry with you, but might be advantageous to have because you discover the need only when you get there. Right. Well, I think this is a really good process that you've defined, Gordon. You've been evolving it over time. It has been an evolution, and it's been the evolution from all those things that I didn't do. Yeah, that's and that's fair. That's fair. But it's also probably the evolution of all those times you've gone out, like I have, and come back saying, man, why did I hump all that stuff? Because <laughs> I never used it. Like, I never even went into the bag for it. Right. Or I went for the ultra-wide which weighs twice as much as the pretty close to ultra-wide. Yep. And, you know, I didn't need 11 mil. The 16 would have worked just fine. Yep. And I think that there's a great opportunity to say, okay, if I'm going out and I'm going to shoot my 11 or 12 or 14 mil, and that's my plan, Mm -hmm. that's one thing as opposed to I'm going to this place where I'm going to need some kind of ultra-wide but I'm not hooking myself up on a particular focal length. Right. Because you can zoom with your feet. Sure. Um, I, think that, I think that your, your proposal, your, your methodology, may bring a lot to bear that will improve the overall outcome because you've been thoughtful about it and also take away a lot of the potential stress. Like the, you talked about the, the what ifs that will kill you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Any final thoughts before we wrap this? Uh, uh, only a, a, as a general message that uh, this, this whole planning process, it, it seems like a lot of work. Uh, it generally isn't. Um, Many people spend much time scrolling the internet and um, Facebook anyway. And if you're going to be doing that, you may as well channel those energies into making the Facebook and Instagram work for you. Uh, Give you the ideas. Uh, You're fully entitled to have your own when the occasion arises. But if you're running short on creativity, then use somebody else's. Great artists steal, according to Steve Jobs. 
Well, you should know. <laughs> it seems to work for him. All right, Gordon, thank you so very much for taking the the time to put together this plan that you know you're using personally when you go out and shoot. This is not ephemeral, it's practical. You're doing it and you're evolving it as you say, making it more efficient for you each time. Yes. And uh, I think that the listeners will really appreciate that you put together the time to share this with them. Uh, so thanks, man. Good work. You're welcome. Uh, for the make better and photo, for the make better and <laughs> for the make better photos and videos podcast, I've been Ross. And I'm Gordon. Thanks very much for listening, guys. And we'll speak to you again real soon. <laughs>